Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than a Party podcast. It's your boy, Aaron Nathan Neal. And in today's episode, I talk to the one and only Luis Gomez. And uh, it was a great time just catching up with him, hearing his stories, hearing uh, some of the things that he's he's gone through, um, playing professional baseball and where he's playing at now and just some of his life experience uh, in the minor leagues. And so it was a wonderful time. I, I really wanted to get him on this uh, podcast. It did take a minute just with our different uh, time zones and then scheduling, uh, you know, life just gets in the way. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a touch on everything I wanted to talk about. And so with that being said, we are for sure going to get a part two. And that is going to get be in the works here pretty soon. And, um, you know, I do have to mention at the end, I do have some technical difficulties. Um, because without technical difficulties, would this really be um, more than a party podcast? I am not sure Eventually, I'm going to figure out what I'm doing wrong, and I will fix the issue. Eventually. Sometimes I feel like an old man. Actually, all the time I feel like an old man. And um, I will fix the issue, though. It just uh, might take (laughs) me a minute. But uh, with that being said, man, it was a great time talking to Luis and reminiscing on the the good old days as far as high school is concerned. And... uh, we're definitely going to tell a lot more stories in part two, um, but uh, in this episode, man, he really does uh, share some really good stuff. So without further ado, the one, the only, my good friend, Luis Gomez. What's up, my boy, Luis? What's up, baby? Lu- Pop- <laughs> Luis Papi Gomez. Dude, you're, you're, <laughs> hey, your name in my phone in my contact is still Papi Gomez. Remains Papi, yeah. But my Snapchat is still Papi Gomez. And when I have to like share it with like, you know, people that don't understand the joke, it's kind of awkward, but it's funny. <laughs> Dude, I, so like growing up in Tucson with you and your brother, like, I guess just that culture of just saying Papi a lot. When I moved out here, I would just randomly say like, hey, what's up, Papi? And they would do, they just like thought it was kind of like, you know, a little flamboyant. And so I like quickly <laughs> learned, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be calling random dudes Poppy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, honestly, like that's the same in baseball. Cause in baseball is like everybody that's Latin is just Poppy. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, the white guys are like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, my boy, Luis, dude, we, uh me and him have been friends sheesh since yeah since high school middle school we knew each other but before right. we get into that i'll i'll let luis introduce himself that way all my all my people can know who he is so luis why don't you just tell the tell the people who you are and uh and we'll go from there my man well my name is luis gomez uh i'm from tucson arizona hey. born and raised hey. uh i'm 24 years old uh and you know me and Aaron have been longtime friends honestly I think uh in middle school like you said we knew each other but in high school playing baseball together and you know hanging out um pretty much every day you know he just became one of my my good friends and and then after we got out of high school uh you know we've ran into each other randomly you know because I stayed in Arizona for most of my life and Aaron moved up like most people know to West Virginia 
Sheesh. Random, random, uh, you know, stages of life brought us back together. That's God right there, man. Hey, <laughs> facts. Um, yeah, me and him connected. So Louis, I'll let him tell tell everyone about it. But Luis got drafted by the Braves, and uh, he actually—it's a crazy story of how he ended up playing the minor league team here in Charleston. Yeah. Um, but we we met up here in Charleston. We met up in uh, Bluefield, Virginia. And then we met up another time in what was it Davin? Is that what it was called? Danville, 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 Virginia. Danville, Danville, Virginia. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I was traveling. I was like a little groupie. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. With uh, probably like three fans at our games, and then Aaron right there with the brave shirt, you know, screaming, "Let's go, Poppy!" <laughs> hey, hey, hey yeah. you're a real one for that. I was your number one fan. Hey, for so real. you. You said you grew up in Tucson. How so? Mm-hmm. Growing up in Tucson, um, I know I know about your family. How was that for yeah. you? Though, growing up in Tucson, um, where are your parents from? Yeah, so you know, uh, my, my parents are from Hermosillo, Mexico. Uh, it's a state border with Arizona. It's called Sonora. And you know, my 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 both my parents were born there in Hermosillo, but my dad was actually playing for the Milwaukee Brewers when uh, me and my other brothers were born. So you know his insurance covered in American hospitals. And my grandma happened to live in Tucson, just like that's where she, you know, settled at. And we were all born there. And, but we went back to Mexico. We lived there for about six, seven more years while my dad was still playing ball in Mexico. And then uh, we moved to Tucson when I was, I was eight years old. Uh, and yeah, we were just pretty much raised around the Vail, Arizona area. I uh, went to high school with Aaron at Cienega High School uh and that's how we met but yeah my my upbringing was just pretty much fulfilled with sports and mostly baseball but yeah so 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 how was it for you moving from mexico to tucson how how what was that transition like oh it was crazy it was tough you know obviously i i knew a little bit of english because we did visit my grandma quite often in tucson so i was able to you know meet kids in the neighborhood and kind of speak it and we were uh, also in a bilingual school and down in Hermosillo so kind of English came it, it wasn't as tough as it's been for other people uh, but at first it's definitely a culture shock uh, you know some people may not have never been in Mexico or just don't know much of the culture there but like it, it's not that far away but the culture is just completely different you know everything's different it, it's just a big it was a big culture shock but uh, we were able to adjust to it quite quickly, which was nice. What was so? What was one of the what was one of the big jumps for you? Like as far as like culture wise, like like to put it into like a small sample size to just show you how crazy it is. I had a a, a woman teacher. It was my first teacher, my fifth grade teacher. And in Mexico, it's tradition that when you go to a, a somebody to greet a lady. You kiss him in the cheek, <laughs> you know. And so my eight-year-old self, that's all I've been taught, you know. My yeah. Mom never gave me like a heads up, like, "Hey, don't do that." <laughs> yeah. You know, and I go to shake my teacher's hand when I first walk in, and I'm just like, <laughs> she's just like backing up, and I'm fucking it up, and she's backing up, and I'm like, okay. She's like, so, this yeah. guy is sus. <laughs> eight-year-old weirdo. Right? <laughs> You know, so that was like, uh, that's kind of like a small sample size of, of how different things can be in Mexico. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was obviously just like 
even the times we eat in Mexico, we're eating like lunch at two and dinner at eight, you know, in America, it's like lunch at noon, dinners at five, six latest, you know? So there's everything just kind of the pace of life is just so much different. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, you know, I'm staying on this subject just cause I think, I think it's interesting that, you yeah. Know, Obviously, I find it a blessing that obviously you're, you're in my life and you came here. Mm -hmm. But what made your parents want to make that transition from from Mexico to Tucson? Was it just your grandma was living here at the time, so they wanted to be with her? Or was it a little bit more than that? I know your dad was really involved with baseball still. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, my dad uh, owned liquor stores in, in Mexico. Um, a lot of uh, he owned like six different uh, liquor stores and also had some ranches. Uh, but as my oldest got into high school he really wanted us to have that like because in mexico i mean it, it's a great country i'm very proud of where i'm from but the upbringing for example in america to be able to play sports you have to have good grades in mexico it's not like that you know and yeah. and you know in mexico it's not it's, it's not like out of the it's not like it's not abnormal to live with your parents when you're like 25 30 like it's mm -hmm. not it's not normal like all my buddies from mexico right now still live with their parents and they're successful people. It's just yeah. like, that's the kind of culture that is down there. And, and my dad kind of wanted us, us to be more independent. You know, um, it's a blessing, you know, this, this amazing country that there's a lot of things we take for granted for sure. Because in, in, in Mexico, you know, there's not like, you don't get lunch like in American schools. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have like weights period. There's different things that we, we do take for granted, but uh, it's like a different upbringing. And my dad wanted us to kind of, once we started getting more mature, to kind of start, you know, developing those skills, which weren't being presented to us down in Mexico. That's amazing, dude. And that's amazing that your parents were willing to like pick up everything and like completely transition. I, you know, obviously growing up on the West Coast, for me, like I, I've seen it, but like mm -hmm. here, uh, it's not a knock. I'm, I'm not knocking anyone on the East Coast. Trust me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not speaking ill, but people here, they don't, they don't understand that. Right. They don't understand right. like, the complete transition of mm -hmm. people coming from another country to here. Right. Um, and so it's like, it's just when you see it, it's like, oh, man, like complete yeah. assimilation. It's it's wow. This is this right. is crazy that people leave where they're at their home their life and come here and you know and for a better life and you know and you guys just you and juan alone um have had some great opportunities as far yeah, as baseball I mean, is concerned it's been it's been amazing and um for example my oldest brother ended up uh, getting a degree from university of arizona now he works for a pretty good healthcare uh company you know it, it was crazy to see like like my dad, you know, when he got here, we didn't really have any anything, you know, he started, he worked at Pet Boys, like the tire yeah. shop and worked his way up by literally just meeting people and baseball tournaments. And he worked his way up to working with the San Diego Padres. And now he has his own event, which he does the Mexican baseball fiesta is what it's called. And they bring all the uh, teams from Mexico to play pre spring training before their winter ball season here. And that's kind of what, he's been doing for the last couple of years, which is now on their 10th year anniversary, which is wow. crazy to think, you know, when we wow. came here, he was working, you know, different, he, he drove limousines for, uh, for a little bit, you know, he worked yeah. with pet boys. He just pretty much grinded his way up, you know? So that's kind of where I learned that grind mode I had in dude, high school. <laughs> I was just about to say, dude, so 
well, we can start moving into baseball a little bit because baseball is yeah. baseball is your life, right? Yeah, baseball I mean, it's, you, it know, is. you still play. And I remember Luis. Well, first off, let me let me just go back to middle school. Luis and he went to Rincon High School, uh, Rincon Middle Rincon School. Rincon Vista. And I went to Desert Sky and I remember he got in a fight with another yeah. guy at, from our school who I was really good friends with. And uh, so, like, I didn't even know Luis, but like, I was like, this guy's our mortal enemy. Like, he got into a fight yeah. with our boy. So, you know, we're rivals with this school. And then yeah. by the time high school rolls around, like me and Luis are like best friends. I get homeschooled yeah. my freshman year and, uh, you know, we, we do everything together. You know, he, he, you know, we become best friends. Yeah. But I remember between, I think, what was your sophomore and junior year or junior and senior year? Luis just grinded all summer. Like I remember yeah. coming into the next school year, Luis was just a different man as far as baseball was concerned. And right talking about your dad that grind that he did like you clearly adapted that from from him and i know juan and your older brother probably are for sure yeah you know have that same mentality but obviously i don't know them as well as i do you yeah um so just seeing you firsthand dude that grind was just just right there yeah i mean uh honestly when i was in middle school i kind of just went with the flow you know i mean i was a troublemaker i was actually almost about to get sent to military school down in new mexico and and I, I was able to convince my mom, like, hey, I, like, I'll, I'll figure things out. Just let me stay in Siena. <laughs> let me just, like, you know. I, I, I was. I was a terrible child, like you said. In seventh grade, eighth grade, I don't remember. I, I got in a fight, like, a big fight that was just – I was that kid. But when I got to – it was, you know, freshman year, I still didn't – I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was still – I was wrestling a little bit. I was kind of uh, taking baseball, like, not as serious. And then sophomore year, I actually started working with the AAA Tucson Padres. Uh, that's yeah, where my man. dad worked. Yeah, that's where my dad worked. He where you worked in the front office, and, and uh, so and he would let me come out, and, and we would I would work in the clubhouse cleaning shoes, and just being and just like being around the players and stuff. I was pretty much there like all day, ten hours a day, working, you know, washing jerseys, doing everything pretty much, setting up before the game. I was bat boying games. I was taking everything down after the game, pretty much just like anything that anybody needed. I was there for them in the clubhouse and just seeing that like made me just like, be like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. This is, uh, this is sick. You know, these guys just yeah. walk in like, this is their life. Their life is to yeah. get better at baseball and being in that environment and, and having also like my dad and my brother Juan, who was getting highly recruited. He was a stud in, in high school. Um, you know, we never compare our talents to each other, but we definitely like push each other. You know, he mm -hmm. being seeing him at that level and then seeing me at the level I was. And then, you know, being around players, it just made me just want to get after it, you know. And that's kind of what sophomore year, year going into my junior year, it's when I kind of started getting that work ethic and, and starting to see, you know, my dad was always super supportive. You know, he was always like he was supportive, but he was realistic, you know he knew the business yeah. of baseball and, and he said like, right now you're right here. Like you need to get to up here to even have a shot, you know? And when he t we had that conversation, I think my sophomore year and it was like, after that, I was like, let's get this bread. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know, so. yeah, but it turned out well. Right. So yeah, it was, it so, was, it was, go ahead. Sorry. 
no so you pick so junior and senior year you your starter your stud what'd you start you started shortstop um you pitched i remember you even caught um you're all mm-hmm. over the place you know that's what yeah. I, that's why i tell my kids now the ones that i coach i'm like you guys have to be like you know Versatile. utility central like yeah like be able to play every single position absolutely absolutely no honestly I mean, another motivating factor was like that we got sent, spent, like I worked my butt off my sophomore year, I remember. And then I got put on JV that year. And that is another factor that I was like, I'm going to make this man. I'm not going to name any names. Regret <laughs> him. I'm going to make him regret. I'm going to make him regret making that decision. You know? And at the end of the day, I got the last laugh. But <laughs> Dude, you absolutely uh, did. Yeah, for sure. So that, that, that was another factor. But um, yeah, honestly, uh, like I said, no knock to, to this man. But he, he the only thing I did learn from him was that you cannot be a catcher in high school. You have to be a baseball player. You know, you have mm-hmm. to be able to play every position and be available to know how to play every position. Because I know guys that were freaking catchers in high school and they were catchers all the way up. And now they're like outfielders or you know third yeah. baseman a lot of, a lot of guys are third basemen that were catchers throughout their whole life so being able to like play every position really like opens a lot of doors once you move on to the next level you know so that's another yeah. thing like nobody in high school should be a one position player like i had a, I had some teammates in high school as well saying like oh dude i'm a po i'm like no man you cannot yeah. be a po in high school <laughs> no matter how hard the high school is a team you can you have to work to not be a one position player, you know, because that's just never going to work. For example, yeah. me and Andre, the two guys that got drafted from that program, weren't even pitchers, you know. Yeah, we were yeah. all over the place. You know, we both didn't have a stable position. I would, I would, like you said, I would play short one game. I would catch the other game. You know, I would play everywhere but outfield pretty much, and I ended up being a pitcher. You know, so yeah. I remember, so the story of, so you get drafted, but the story of you even getting a look, then, so they came to see What's, Andre, Andre, right? Andre Jackson yeah. is with the Dodgers now, who we, we played with back at Cienega. And Andre was supposed to pitch, um, but the coach that we won't name names of, I think scratched right. <laughs> him like last minute just because, like just because, just because he said so. He scratched him last minute, knowing that scouts were going to be there. Mm-hmm. And who comes in to take his role is yes, Luis sir. Papi Gomez. <laughs> and uh, and the scouts saw you play. No, it was crazy. It was a crazy story, honestly. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, for any 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 players of Aaron listening to this podcast, you guys have to be very uh, grateful of, of having a, a guy, a coach that, that wants you to be better and then wants you to move forward. Because unfortunately for me and Aaron, that wasn't our position, you know. We we I respect the man 100% and what he's done for baseball and what he's done for himself. But I think we were very limited when it came to, you know, getting the opportunity. And my opportunity came, like you said, through somebody else getting the opportunity <laughs> taken, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. that's the thing. And that's the beauty of baseball. Like, no matter how much you want to hide the, the arm or you want to hide something – you know, if you, you know, now our buddy Andre is in the 40 man roster with the Dodgers, but that's right. 
anyways, going back to that story, yeah, I wasn't able, I wasn't even going to pitch uh, because he had told me like two weeks prior, you're not a pitcher. You're not going to pitch in this team. You're not, you know. So, anyways, we had already clinched to be in the playoffs, and he's like, you know what, let's have Luis pitch. And, and honestly, I remember the moment like vividly. Uh, the it was a brave scout who was coming to see him, Andre Jackson, and he was like folding his chair because our pitching coach had just told him, hey, he's not pitching today. And the man stayed for like six innings. He was just waiting for Andre to close the game out. <laughs> and he was folding his chair. And I remember like uh, our pitching coach, Vinny Mesquite, uh, big shout out. He's, hey, one, of the, he's nice. one of the great ones. But he pulled the screen, you know, and then I were you I think you were catching me in that book. That might have been, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, you were. And I just started letting it rip because I knew he was right behind you. I'm like, I'm dude. And every time I would play, honestly, it was a bad habit that I had. I would always be like peeking, see if there's any scouts, you know. Yeah. yeah. I was a senior. I was a senior and I didn't have uh, any offers. Like I didn't, it was like this was just like three games before the season ended. And um, so yeah, I started letting a rip. And two two pumps in, you know, two throws in, and I just see his head twirl. And I'm like, let's go. Hey. <laughs> you know, and he, like, slowly unfolds his chair, and he just puts, his, like, his hands in his hips, you know, and he just starts watching. And it was, like, one of those days that everything was working. Like, I was – I you know I never threw strikes, but that day I was like, <laughs> let's go. You were pumping and it. I, yeah, I was just letting it eat. And I go in the game. It was against Sabino High School, I remember, which is pretty good, pretty good school. And I come in, we're winning like four to two, I think, and get three outs with like three strikeouts. And I was like 92, 94. And he was like, yo, the draft was like a week and a half from then. He was like, yo, yeah. get get this kid a questionnaire. Let him fill out the paperwork. I need you to send me everything the next day. And then by the next day, I had like 15 scouts at our first playoff game, which I didn't even pitch at. And they were gunning me from first base because they just wanted to see how hard I was throwing. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's yeah, great. So it was it was just one of those one in a million stories, but there's very possible. And if it's meant to be, it's just meant to be, you know. Dude, and that's what, you know, that's what I preach is like, dude, right place, right time. Like you put in the time, you put in the effort, right. you grind it out. Like yeah. that opportunity will be there. And and the opportunity might be really small. That window might yeah. be like Tiny. barely, but it, it will come. And when it does come, are you going to be ready? And like, right. you were ready for it. Like, absolutely. There was one scout there who wanted to see a specific player. And like yeah. that window was super small. And dude, you just, <laughs> you, you grinded it out. You were ready. Yeah. Honestly, that that's, it's like, you know, you don't, I don't ever want to sound cliche, but like it's crazy, it's crazy because that's what I'm saying. I always listen to your parents because you know they always tell you, you never know who's in the stands watching. You know, you never know who's in the stands watching. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, always run, always run it out at first. Like yeah, always yeah. hard ninety. You never know. <laughs> right, Dude. and it's so crazy, man. Because like that's the beauty of of life. You know, it's just like if it's meant to be, it'll take care of itself. You know, you just have to do your part. And like you said. I had to be on point that day because I'm a kid. He looked at my stats. He's like, you've pitched like eight innings this year, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I had to be, I had to like blow him away. Yeah. And it's crazy because I feel like if it was any other scout, any other person, he would have like, 
not got me because I talked to a scout to this day and he's like, Luis, I know you're 24 years old now. You're not even signed to a professional baseball club, but I know for a fact you're going to be in the big leagues. I just mm. knew it from the, you know, from that first time I saw you and then just talking to you. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm still, you know, going at it, still grinding to get there. So. Uh, so you get drafted. I remember that draft party, dude. You weren't even expecting to go that high, but you went yeah. what, ele- 11th round. Ele- 11th round. Yeah. Out of 40. Uh, yeah. Which you know, changed because of COVID, obviously. But yeah, yeah I, honestly, I was just kind of like. Just focused on getting NCAA eligible because I wasn't because mm. I didn't even think I was like the one potential And that week, that whole week was like a blur man it was like u of a was calling me gcu was calling me new mexico was calling me new mexico state they're like hey take summer classes so you get ncaa eligible and you have a 80 percent scholarship here so i was just kind of like all right like i'm gonna get ncaa eligible yeah grind and get to college because i, I mean I, I i did think i was gonna get drafted but i never got i never thought i was gonna get drafted to a point where i would sign because mm-hmm. He was, you know, before the draft, you obviously have conversations and stuff. And it was like crazy, you know, it was like I was so naive to that point that it was like just put in a sample size of, of, of money. He was pretty much like, how much would you want to sign? So you would sign. And I was just like, 10 bucks. <laughs> and he was like, cool. And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, you got it. And I'm like, no. And he called me during like my fourth period. So I'm like, I got to step out. Uh, the Braves are calling me, you know? Yeah. And then the teacher's like, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> and like, I remember, dude, uh, it was like my uh, Miss Mata, dude. Oh, like, oh, she's the great. Window and she's I was great. <laughs> it was crazy. It was a good moment. But yeah, anyways, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. We'll, we'll sign you for that. And then I was like, dang, I think I blew it, you know? So yeah. I, I talked to my dad. He's like, well, we'll just let we'll just see how it plays out because he yeah. didn't think I was gonna go top. He's like, if you go, you're gonna go like thirty on. So they just they're just gonna draft you, but without like trying to sign you. Mm-hmm. And then draft day came around, and dude, I we're like just watching it, like you know, me and my dad, like hand on the cheek, like kind of just like, oh, this is cool, you know, whatever. And the tenth, eleventh round, Braves, Gomez, Luis, Tucson, so I was like, my dad hey. was like. His face went white. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> and I was just like, dude, my mom, she's like, what, what? I was on a heart attack. And my dad, I've never sounded my dad so excited. He was like, you just got drafted. <laughs> so we just started dude, hyping around. Oh, dude, I love that. Dude, I, w- I, I remember that day because I, I came and picked you up. And then we went, I think we went swimming. Mm-hmm. I think we went to a pool. Yeah, we went swimming just to take to your pool. mind off of things. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, you know I was committed to to New Mexico Junior College, and I was like talking to like the U of A and stuff about you know getting things going. And I just called him because as soon as that happened, he, the the Brave Scout called me. And he's like, "Hey, you're gonna sign, right?" And I'm like, "Honestly, like my parents want me to go to school." And he's like, "Don't worry about that. We'll pay for your school." Eight years of school, we've got it. You just have to start it two years after you retire or two years after you're done with the organization. And I was like, 
you know, no way, you know. And I told my dad, I'm like, I can't say no to that. You guys want me to go to school? I can still go to school. They pay for it, you know. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's your choice. At the end of the day, it's your choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, I I end up signing, and I had it. Yeah, we went to the pool that day, and then my mom never in her life had let me have friends over. And that day, she was like, who? anybody can come <laughs> i was like all right cool. oh yeah that signing party i remember yeah so yeah Dude, it, was, that was, it was crazy man that was a good moment so it you was. signed a you signed a five-year contract right yeah uh yeah five-year contract and i ended up i got signed and then i went to florida for rookie ball and everything happened so fast that i was never able to kind of just like focus on on what i had to focus on you know I got there and, and it was like, it, it, it quickly reminded me that it wasn't high school anymore. You know, it, it was, it was definitely like you're at a community pool and you swam there your whole life. And then you saw Southern or swimming in the ocean, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. 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 Like, and I'm not even trying to like, it, it was that much of a, yeah. of a, of a, a shock to me how like I was, and, you know, it was like, dang, I'm not good enough. This is – these guys are, are really good, you know. And I had never yeah. seen that because, like you said, I was an underrated player. I didn't really play for the best club teams. Um, the talent that I saw was was good, but it wasn't, like, that level, you know. So, my first years of pro ball was definitely an adjustment. But um, my hard work, like, I, like I, I've always made it about that. Uh, got me to to make an adjustment and at, at 19 years old I was able to get promoted to a ball which is like you know most a ball kids are like 22 23 coming out of college uh, so I was able to make that adjustment quickly in, in life when baseball and uh, but you know at 19 shortly after I saw you in Charleston West Virginia I, I blew out my elbow and, and I was out for about three years uh yeah so i pitched 19 i was 19 when i last pitched and then i pitched when i was 21 it was like mm. it was just like so yeah i guess two years two and a half years uh and you had yeah, tommy john yeah tom you had tommy john surgery yeah yeah i was um i was uh, i got hurt i blew out my elbow and in, in uh in a ball and then i ended up getting a prp um you know, I saw Dr. James Andrew and he recommended me. Dr. James Andrew is probably the best surgeon. He's one of the people that created Tommy John, I think. So he, he recommended me to get a PRP injection, which is like plasma, uh, which was like hot at that time. Uh, Mashahiro Tanaka had it like a couple of weeks before I did. So he, he was like, yeah, I think you should go with it. And I did that, ended up rehabbing for about six months and it didn't work out. Uh, it still bothered me. So I ended up getting Tommy John and then it was like, it, it, it was probably the toughest thing that I've gone through, you know, that whole rehab process was just so tough. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it took me to, I think this winter to get back to where I think I like left off, you know, wow. uh, not just like physically, just velocity wise, like dominate then, you know, like being able to, to dominate again, because it was tough, man. It was like, you don't throw a baseball for six months mm -hmm. and then you know, and I, with my career, it's like I was so green that I was getting to that point. I was elevating. You know, I was at that point. 
I mean, in our rotation in any ball that year, I don't know, Max Freed was with us, who was a Cy Young contendant. Uh, Mike Soroka, who was all <laughs> Cy Young, you know. Yeah. Austin Riley, who's a starting third baseman. Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. <laughs> yeah. Who's our center fielder. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, I, I mean, didn't know all that. Yeah. So, I felt like I was on my way and I was on the right path, but that just Tommy John uh, – for some guys, it's something that's not that bad, and they they're able to bounce back quite quickly. But for me, because of the decisions I made of, of doing the PRP, it, it just kind of long made that process so much longer. And it, it, you know, it was tough. It was tough to get back. I mean, it, uh, this winter, like I said, it was the first time that I throw with no paint. You know, wow. and, and that's like. That was like, you know, because I was when I got back with the Braves, my velocity, I was when I before surgery, my velocity was like 92, 94, touching 97. And then when I got back, I was like 84, 88, touching 90. Wow. So I, I quickly got released right after my rehab assignment. And uh, I just kind of went to Mexico. I, I had a couple offers to, to play in the minors with, with the Royals, but it ended up working out. They just want to send me to levels that I had already played in. And I just saw, like, my best option is to go to Mexico, here in Mexico, obviously. Well, not here in Mexico. In Mexico, you make a little more money than in the minor leagues. Um, so, yeah, I made the decision to go down there. And I've played for, like, three teams now, uh, trade back and forth. Because, uh, obviously, my, my, my arm was, was still not healthy. And then, then this year, I think uh, I'm finally settling. So. Dude, I love to hear that. And. And your Tommy John, what made it even more or harder to recover was a, so you have two different options. You can either take the ligament that's getting replaced from a dead person yeah. or you can get it from your leg and you got it from your leg, right? <laughs> yep. I got it from my leg. So, I mean, some guys that I've talked to, they've recovered really well with that thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Some, some people that I was, uh, I was talking as well were telling me that sometimes the ligament from the cadaver doesn't adjust to your body. So, yeah. You know, it was like I was getting all these different opinions and, and, yeah. and I was just kind of like, you know, uh, it, but going back to what we were talking about earlier, I was just able to keep just head down, just keep swinging at it, you know, because there's nothing more vulnerable than just being in pain. So, yeah. It's, it's and the only, the only reason why I even brought that up is just for context. You had to you had to rehab two things. You had to rehab your arm and then you had to rehab your yeah. leg. So, yeah, you know. It's not just like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't do a bench press for a while. It's no, I have yeah. to like, I can't jog. I can't sprint. Yeah. I can't do a lot of different things. And, um, so I'm sure, you know, if you, if you don't want to talk about this, it's fine, but I'm sure that had a, um, a toll on like your mental aspect oh. of it as well. Right. No, no. Not only physically, but like mentally. Oh, and, and that's something that, you know, I'm obviously open to, to talk about because I mean, it's not something that, that most people want to talk about, but like the perception of, of people that have about a baseball player is very different than what the actual baseball player is. You know, when I got drafted, there was people asking me like, where can I buy your Jersey and stuff like that? You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Hey man, it's going to be a couple of years before you can buy my Jersey, you know, and in the NBA NFL, you get drafted, you go straight to the league in baseball. It's not that way. You know, you got to go to the minor leagues. And obviously, the minor leagues are very competitive. You have guys from elite universities in, this, in the United States, and then you have guys from elite academies in the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. 
you know, so it, it's, it's tough. And baseball as itself is a game of failure and you fail a lot. So being able to stay mentally in it as a sport, it's tough. When you go through an injury, it's a whole different league. You know, it's a whole different, it was, it was tough, man. And, and there's been a lot of times where I, I've thought about hanging them up very seriously. And, and if it wasn't for the support that I have, uh, you know, my girlfriend, Lauren, uh, uh, my dad, my, my mom, it's, it, I think I would have been done with it, you know, but um, I've been able to just kind of stick it out. Uh, just kind of, honestly, there's nothing I could point to that this is what I did. It was just kind of just taking it day at a time because there's very low moments in your life where you're just standing out there on the mound and your arm is throbbing and you've given up four runs and there's runner on yeah. second and third with no outs. <laughs> and you're just like, dang, man, this is yeah. this is just rough. Yeah. And then you go in the dugout and you feel like everything's so slow. You know, you're just like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> you know, but. No, dude, for sure. <clears throat> the only reason why I ask because I know when I when I messed up my arm, it was yeah. like, dude, it's just it's like you not to be super, you know, dramatic as obviously there's worse things that you can go through, but it is a form mm -hmm. of depression. Like you get you oh, get yeah. sad. Like you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't throw baseball. This really sucks. I can't I can't work out. Like, you know, and then you got you st I mean, I was in college, so it's like I still gotta go to school. I don't get right. to enjoy like what I go to school for, which is playing baseball. And it's just like you, it's easy to just like get in a bad headspace. Yeah. For, yeah. Like you go to practice and you're just there. Like, you're like, Hey, what's up? Like, go have fun without me. <laughs> no, dude, like, I, and a hundred percent. And I definitely like, I definitely, and, and you know, what's worse that I, I was hurt you know, when I got released, you know? So that was yeah. just like an even tougher low. I remember when I got released, I, I, I flew from uh, Johnson City, Tennessee to Tucson. And I don't think I said a word to anybody, like the whole trek of walking to the airport. You're just like, I didn't talk for like two days. You know, I went in my room yeah. and you know my personality. I'm very talkative with my parents. I'm, you know, very social. And I just like, it was like one of those, the lowest points of my life in my career. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, like I was ready to join the police academy. Like I was ready to make the next move because I was, I, I was so, you know, like you, you think you, you're ready for challenges in your life and, and in you know, your career. But when they're they actually, you know, hit you, yeah. when they're there, it's not as easy as, as you see on those E60s on ESPN. You know, it's <laughs> like, hey, man, this is tough, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, they make it seem like that challenge is like 30 seconds, but it's not. It, it was, you know, like I said, it's probably been a from last time I saw you. These five years have been the toughest for it's me mentally, physically and, you know, even emotionally because, you know, I, I was I was um, not with my girlfriend that I am with that I was with, you know, in high yeah. school. So everything was just tough. But um you know, I've been a man of religion as well, so I, I I've been able to stay stay focused and just keep believing that it's it's meant to be. Because if it wasn't, I don't think the situation that happened to me would have happened to me. You know, so yeah. you have to hang on to to why you're doing it for sure. Yeah, and you you got like you said, you got to cling to people that like are in your corner. Like yeah. quickly, you quickly realize like, okay, who's in my corner and who's who's not in my corner. 
And like those people sure. that are, dude, you just surround yourself with them. Like you surrounded yourself with your parents and your brother and uh, or your brothers and your sister and, and Lauren. And it's like you surround yourself with people who are, are going to encourage you. Right. Who aren't going to like speak negativity, not necessarily discourage you, but just like not always speak the best things in your life. You know what I'm saying? Or into Absolutely. your life. And so you you did it right, dude. You surrounded yourself with with people who are like who got your back, you know, who aren't going to yeah. be like, oh, Luis, just give up, dude. It's over, you know, move on. Like, dude, no, they're there. Like they're, yeah. they're fighting with you. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's got to some points where like uh, the only reason I didn't hang them up was because my dad it was like, I'm a baseball guy. I, I know you have what it takes. You're just going through this rough patch. Like it happens to some. It doesn't happen to all of them because, but it, ha- it does because I was like, Dad, how like Soroka was my boy. Like we used to be roommates, you know. So Colby Allard, who was with the yeah. Rangers, you know, I'm like, and these guys are in the big leagues, like fighting for Cy Youngs, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. and I'm here, like in Mexico playing, which I don't want to knock the league. It's a great league, but of course, you yeah. know, you just see, but. But my dad has always preached, like, it tastes sweeter if you go through a rougher, you know, a rougher ride. It tastes sweeter when you get to the top, you know. So you just got to stick it out, you know. And obviously, um, if I, like I said, I go back to that, just keep kind of put your head down and, and keep working. And, and that's what I've been able to do. And, and, you know, I had my first successful year since surgery, which was nice. You know, there's there's scouts now interested in, in signing to a better deal. Um so, you know, it's it's a slow progress, obviously, also because of COVID right now. But, you know, we're just going to have to take it a day at a time and, and see what happens after this summer, hopefully. Well, dude, you definitely haven't lost it as far as, like, what I've seen. Um, I mean, just from, like, the highlights that I've seen of you playing now, like, your slider, your off-speed's just gross. Um so I mean it's just disgusting, dude. Juan, your brother, Juan. So his yeah. brother plays another crazy Cubs. story. <laughs> dude, his two seam has the nastiest action. I don't, yeah. I, dude. His, it just. Oh my gosh, to a lefty, I if if I was a lefty, I don't, I don't even know what I would do. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just disgusting. Like if I don't know if he has any highlights. He's 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 played up there in spring training, so I'm sure he does have yeah. highlights on YouTube. Yeah, but uh, dude, he's it's... up there right now. Yeah, he, it's actually funny because he faced right the other day. They put him in the game. He's been in big league spring training with the Cubs, and it's another crazy story. You know, he was a catcher. He got released as a pitcher from the Twins. Got signed by the Cubs after having good years in Mexico, and now he's in the big. He's in a big league uh, spring training with the Cubs. But the other day, he goes in, he faces Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Albert Pujols, and Justin Upton. <laughs> Yo. You know, it's like, oh, man, this dude was a catcher, like, two two years, a year ago, or two years ago, you know. Dude, he um, caught for Cianiga High School. Let's yeah, go. And, no, he caught. He caught at North Dakota State, too. And he caught with the Twins. And then yeah. they made him a pitcher, and he got released. Went to Mexico, had a real good success there. Ended up getting his velo up to like 100 miles per hour. And then he got signed by the Cubs to a minor league deal with a big league invite. And he's been having success. You know, he's been having success. He's had a, a one rough outing out of four. The other four have been shut out. Uh, but, yeah, Mike Trout hit a double off the wall for him. 
on a sinker literally in his toes. I'm like, bro, that's the only guy in the world that could do that. <laughs> Dude, if I was Juan, I would ask for that ball. I'd be like, hey, can I get that ball that, that Mike Trout, future Hall of Famer, hit off me? Like, is that okay if, if so he could sign it for me? Yeah, it was crazy. No, he was more shell-shocked about pool holes because he was like a big oh, kind yeah. of pool holes of course. Fan. Yeah. You know, you remember pool holes like when he was in the covers of like MVP and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, bro, when he walked up, I'm like, dang, that's pool holes. <laughs> and, you know, he's Dude, got like his yeah. little swag stance. <laughs> Dude, his stance hasn't changed at all. Yeah, I like, know. He just... It's crazy. It's crazy. It's... And now it's, it's crazy to see that because he's yeah. older now. So it's like, come on, you're old, man. Don't be doing all that shit, you know? Dude, and <laughs> he know, just hit the, the power that he generates from his swing. Like, it's there's insane, no crazy man. high leg kick. It's just no. like a small little step, straight spread hips. out, dude. Yeah. Straight, dude. That's all it is. Straight hips, um, hips hey, and, but, and just bat speed and bat speed exactly. And of course, yeah. like having you know a great eye for, for yeah. freaking fastballs that are half an inch outside the plate and not swinging at them. Oh yeah, it's just that kind of it's, it's just, just insane, impressive. Um, but Sian, dude, Sianic has had you know. Uh, uh two really tucson tucson is a, it's a big city with this like a, almost like a small town feel so like when someone comes out of tucson it's not like phoenix where it's like oh yeah they came out of phoenix like big city like scottsdale it's a big Tempe. deal like yeah. people that come out of tucson it's like heck yeah like so i remember like obviously we played with alex verdugo or against him who's now with the red Sox. yeah and then not and then naji gaskins is with the giants your brother with uh with the cubs. the cubs and you were Andre. at the braves andres with the dodgers um, nick gonzalez first, first nick, dude pick. how dude nick gonzalez dude i sent him a message dude i was so pumped for him i was no, like dude that that kid oh. is gonna be let me tell you let me tell you what man like I, maybe nick listens to this podcast but like <laughs> dude i saw these guys swing today on a tweet and i'm like that is my trout in, dude, in four, like at his peak, th this man is not just gonna be a big leaguer. In my eyes, from like the baseball I've watched, and for what I can guess, this guy's gonna be like a superstar in the big leagues. His swing is just like he went, he pulled his, he hit a home run to left field against a guy I played with, AJ Minter, who's literally one of the best college relievers of all time. Went to yeah. Texas A&M. This guy got to the big leagues. He got drafted in 2017. He got to the big leagues in 2018. Like he made the team out of spring training. A cutter at 92, 98. Um, you know, so I'm I'm watching this AD. I'm like, all right, let's see what Nick Scott. Let's see if he can settle with the big league with the big boys. Man, yeah. this dude threw him a 90, like 97, 95, and he just <laughs> the hands just worked. I was like, oh, that guy is elite. Dude, so I all love my it. Doubts I ever had for Nick, you know. Uh, he hey, shut my mouth. You better, so he did. Hey, you better apologize right now. <laughs> oh, I will. Hey, Nick Gonzalez, if you listen to this, which you're probably not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, hey, I, I'm sorry. Because, you know, he, he's always been a hard worker. He's always been a stud. Always. Stud, but yeah. How's he going to do with, like, velocity in the big leagues? But, yeah. dude, watching him in this spring training, because I haven't seen him play since high school. Also, yeah. I never watched like his college games. I, you know, the angle of the camera, you can't really see the, the guy. It's like behind the, the catcher. So this is the first time I watched him since high school. And, and I'm just like, he didn't get that much bigger, but he is the, the quickest hands 
Dude. I think I've ever seen. The only guy that could take a ball, like take a ball deep on a ball that's literally like at his knees and like so in, it's him. And that was, I was like, wow, that that just put the like staple that this kid is going to be yeah. special. Dude, so I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I I'd seen him play because I followed him through college. Because uh-huh. dude, I'm just like I'm a fan girl over here. Like I, if my boys yeah. are doing good, like I'm I'm loving it, dude. I'm like always supporting. Yeah. I'm retweeting. So like there was a moment when he was I think a senior, where he at New Mexico State where he was leading in every single category in D1 baseball. Like he was leading in hits, he was home runs, batting average, RBIs. Like there were he led in like ten different categories at once. Yeah. Like, and then like so at that moment I already knew like he was a dog, but the moment that I knew like dude this dude's an animal is he posted a video of he was still in high school. He posted a video of him his dad pitching to him, you know Coach Gonzalez pitching oh, to yeah. him and him hitting a home run righty. And the video doesn't cut. It's just ongoing. And then he switches over to the left side. And the very next pitch, he hits a home run from the left side. <laughs> dude, I used to show that video to my teammates. And I was like, dude, look at this guy I played with, bro. Look at his swing from both sides on back-to-back pitches. Just hits it out. I'm just, I think it was with the wood, too. Like, I used to just watch that. And I was like, dude, this guy's, yeah, he, he's an animal. Like, That's the thing. I didn't get to see him, like. Because I was obviously doing my rehab, yeah, yeah, and I yeah, was just kind of yeah. like, I would see his stats in in, in college. But obviously, uh, dude, when I was in pro ball, I would see a lot of college guys, studs that would kill the league. I'd be like, and they would come, and you know, they would it would be tough for it to adjust. Especially everyone's hitters. just as good. Yeah, and yeah, especially hitters. And, and then so I'm like, I, I want to see how he's gonna do when he sees like, I mean, in pro ball, obviously you have. You know, in college, for example, you have a guy coming out of the bullpen. The best guy is going to be coming out with 97, 98. You know, that's a stud. But the average is like 91, 92, 93, mostly. But in pro ball, it's it's like whoever's coming out of the pen is coming out with 97 plus now. Yeah. You know, starters are like 92, 95. Like, that's average. Yeah. So I was like, how are you going to do? with that with that velocity you know and sharper break you know but dude his hands and pitch recognition is just like wow man that that's elite that is elite dude and that's what's that's what separates the pro guys you know yourself nick andre juan is just making those adjustments figuring out okay how am i going what do i need to change what do i need to do to get to the next level like You know, Nick, whatever he did, he figured it out to get to the next level. Andre, he went from outfield to a pitcher. And then, uh, you know, I think he, what is he, top in 97, 98 right now? Oh, like, yeah. Jesus, I was Easily. throwing with him this before spring training, man. Dude, my man just, he went to work, man. He is, he got into the biomechanics of a baseball and he just figured himself out. And his ball is like 95, 98. You know, it's like, see, that's, ins- that's Bueller. It, it's just figuring out what, what do I have to do? Yeah. To like get Juan, dude, Juan's a perfect example of that. Yeah. Throwing a hundy. That dude did throw yeah. a hundy in high school. Like, no, for sure. But no, he, he, he figured out, yeah, he figured out his movement and his ball and, and he figured out how to generate power, man. And he's just been ripping it since. 
Dude, insanity. So, I, dude, I love it. Uh, dude, Luis Gonzalez, remember him? He went to... Yes, Cali yes. Put, he's dude, he's the, with the he's White, White Sox. White Sox now, yeah. Yeah, he's, dude, he's so, hitting bombs from the left side. Yeah, he he's the one that ended our high school career, bro. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he threw like seven innings, like five runs. And they came back and I think he had like a go-ahead double and he put a 7-5. It was like 5-0 in the first. Just to the listeners, five zero in the first, and we end up losing seven to five in the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was tough. But yeah, and we the, he's we now, played he's against some good competition. Oh yeah, man, dude, we we played against some dude. If you could look look back to our year, the seniors in that like Asawaro, you got Alex Verdugo, you got Northrop who went to college, played ball, you got yeah. Justin whatever the first baseman but anyways like the, the big guys you got verdugo out of saguaro you got luis gonzalez out of foothills you got andre out of cienega nick yeah um naji there's a guy from oh naji there's guys from uh there's some other guys from sabino and, and uh Miranda that that got drafted as well but man there was some studs man there were some good players but dude studs yeah. tucson tucson doesn't always get the love no, they don't. That is true. Because, like, per capita, we got to have like some insane <laughs> numbers of drafted guys, dude. Like, oh, absolutely. Uh, hey, the first one of us all, Seth Mejia's Breen. Seth Mejia's Breen, who debuted with the, with the Padres like a year ago, you know? After so 11 to, seasons in the, yeah. in the minors. Dude, talk about grind. That is that man grinded for sure. No, that dude, that that's why I have so much respect for that guy because he went from being like the best athlete, not just the best player, the best athlete, to playing eleven years in the minor leagues. Like he grinded yeah. it out. Yeah. So that just tells you how 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 baseball, how hard it can be, you know, like for some guys. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it, that's impressive how he grinded it out, and how, I hope the best for him. Dude, it ain't no joke. Baseball. Yeah. It, you you said it best, dude. It's it's for sure just a game of failure. Um, yeah, you know, three out of ten they make it to the Hall of Fame. You know, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Um, just the grind that these guys just make. Find an adjustment. You know, Kershaw yeah. he's losing his velo, but dude, he's just spotting up. Like he's figuring it out a way. Like he's ah, getting his, he's getting a slider. Like he he learned a whole new pitch. Yeah. Like you got to figure it out. You have to, man. You have to because the door, baseball careers are like the ongoing yeah. door inwards. That you just have to keep pushing back, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, you got to stick thing, them up. Yeah, you got to put. You got to just squeeze it down. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. I I know you got to go. Um, but we didn't even touch on like going to high school with you. I, I have stories oh, I to tell. I, I gotta tell everyone about. But uh, hey, we got we may have to do a part two, you know. You know, oh, was just so much about with you, bro. Dude, ba- uh, I could talk about baseball for days. I mean, we didn't oh, even talk about my do- my Dodgers winning. Yeah, oh, no, dude, that, that dude, we have so many topics, man. It's just like I get lost in, I get lost in all because man, high school was just crazy, you know. And and there's so yeah. many things that we related on. That's why we were such good friends. Cause we would just literally sit at Carl's Jr. and just talk, dude. <laughs> we just go yeah. back and forth, part of the Carl's Jr. parking lot, or just have practice. You know, we just <laughs> we can just go back and forth forever, man. It's like, you know, you always got good stuff for me, dude. And we could we could spend a whole nother hour just talking about the 
the coach who will not be named and the yeah, things that he, he will put not. us through. <laughs> I got yeah, one story. Yeah. I got one story before I'll, uh, and I'll let you go. Um, All right. Uh, the other, the assistant coach, uh, <laughs> who is a history teacher as well. I, I won't say his name either, but uh, I remember on our bus ride home, you remember that our bus ride home, yes. we're all sitting down and he go, he points at each one of us and he says, you can hit, you can't hit, you really can't hit, you can kind of <laughs> hit, you can't hit. Like, dude, just goes in on each one of us dead serious, dude. Like just telling every, <laughs> yeah, right before a game, just like you suck pretty much like you suck, you suck, you kind of don't suck. You don't suck. You know, and it was just like, oh, my, like, dude, like confidence levels just down in the basement. Thank you for that. Like, what are you talking? What are you doing right now? And that was it. Like, that was just whole. it wasn't like prove me wrong. It was just like, all right, I'm going to go sit down now. Yeah. Hey, you know, you can edit. You can edit this out. But I will say the person not to be named ended up getting sexual harassment charges. Yeah. <laughs> So that that that's just like a lesson to, to no. that person because you know God's watching, man. And if you put people through some tough times, he's gonna do the same to you. Hey, 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 facts, bro. I I I forgot about that, dude. Oh my gosh, dude. Ah, oh. hey, man. It's always, it's always a pleasure talking to you, bro. I can't wait to do part two, my man. Sorry, it got cut off like that. I do apologize, um, but as you could hear. My sound was getting a little messy, but we do have a part two that we're going to um, get in the works, so stay tuned for that. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. Hope you all enjoyed it.